Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the special All-Star Weekend edition of the Causeway Street Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Sway. What's going on, Sean? Hey, what's going on, man? How we doing? I'm doing great, man. We got to break down this Celtics team as they reach the uh, halfway point. And All we're already, also, already here, dude. Already oh, we're already here. All-Star Weekend, man. Dude, we're already here at All-Star Weekend, and the Celtics are rolling. We'll be recapping uh, Wednesday rocking, night's game. Rocking and rolling. Against the Clippers. <laughs> Overtime thriller, the most resilient win of the season for the Celtics team, man. They really crawled their way back into that game and knocked off the Clippers, a very good team that was that had the Celtics against the ropes throughout the entire fourth quarter up until that final minute where the Celtics scored seven points and pushed overtime and then took care of business in OT. So we'll get into that. We'll also talk about uh, where this where we, we'll see the uh, Celtics team end up at the end of this season. So we'll take a look at the uh, second half of the year. And we'll uh, take a trip around the NBA. We'll talk about uh, which players we think are going to shine the most in the second half of the NBA, which players and which teams have been amazing throughout this first half. And we'll also uh, talk a little bit about All-Star Weekend and make our uh, quick predictions before we get up out of here. So, Dutra. What's up? How good is this Celtics team, man? I mean, we're talking about one game ahead of the Hawks for third place. Okay, yep. We're talking about a 32-23 and record. The third best team in the Eastern Conference right now. And we're talking about a team that has Isaiah Thomas going to the All-Star team, going to the All-Star game, excuse me. Uh, a team that has a bench that's been pushed by, uh, or led, I should say, by Marcus Smart and Evan Turner. And I think at this point, they're playing the best basketball we've seen since the Brad Stevens era. Is that safe to say? Oh, definitely that's safe to say. It is, right? Yeah. Best, best basketball in the Brad Stevens era, hands down. And... Probably the best basketball since, you know, the, the two thought. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I would. Since KG and Paul since Pierce? Since KG and Paul Pierce. I mean, that's technically the Brad Stevens era, so I just guess I just sort of 
doubled up on myself there. But but it's last night's game against the Clippers. That was exactly how when when we watched the Celtics, this version of the Celtics, that's how we want them to play. We want them to be fast. We want them to be pushing the pace. We want them to make sure that, you know, even if you go down a couple points, you have a bad couple possessions, it doesn't matter. You are mm-hmm. still going at every loose ball, still doing every all the little things. And it shows you that maybe it's not a championship contender type team, but this is a team that I guarantee you nobody in the Eastern Conference wants to play them in the playoffs right now. Nobody does. You think so? Not even Cleveland, dude. No, that, they're probably, like, think about it. Like, obviously, Celtics is going to have a home. Celtics is going to be, if they keep going as is, they'll be a top four seed in the East. And then, I mean, you, if they're the fourth seed, let's say they drop to four, you think Cleveland wants to play the Celtics in the second round of the playoffs? Absolutely not. I think they're going to be a tough out wherever they go in the playoffs if they keep playing like this. And if they add to the team, then that's even that's something we can talk about at a different day. But right now, as currently constituted, I'm liking what I see. Well, we're about one week away from the, uh, or less than one week away from the trade deadline, and, and obviously, there's reports out there that Danny Ainge is trying to, you know, look for the best deal, the best trading partner that he can find, and try to uh, add to this team. Do you think that's something that he has to do now? Not that he has to. I should I shouldn't say that. Well, do you think that's of- something that you know is, is going to be? A make or break thing. Like if he doesn't make a trade for a superstar, or if he if he if he stays if he sticks with his roster, and potentially sees guys like Evan Turner or or Jerry Sollinger walk out walk away because they're both potential free agents this upcoming summer, would that be a big mistake if he didn't make a deal for those guys? I don't know, man. I mean, I like I said, we're it's been an awesome, it's been an awesome stretch of basketball right now, and I think it's very easy for you know. Um, you know, people who follow the team or fans of the team to look at it and say, hey, why would you mess anything up right now, right? Like, why would you look at this team and say, you know, we're cruising, we're rolling, we've beaten Cleveland, we've beaten Los Angeles, you know, we've had these big wins recently, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. I mean, yes, it'd be great to run its course and let it go, but if Danny finds the right trade, he has to pull the trigger. So, I don't know. That's something I think we go into when the rumors start getting real. You know, a couple, uh, uh, you know, well, the trade deadline's only like two weeks away, I think. A week. week Less away. than a week. Yeah. So, but like the these rumors still swirl. I mean, you know, but we'll see. We'll see, man. I would, like I said, la- I think we talked about this last podcast, but like as long as they are able to keep what they have going, and not mortgage the future on a rental, then I'm okay with it. Well, the biggest report of the week is Chris Mannix's report about Al Horford. Uh, right. Comcast, Sportsnet, New England, slash Yahoo Sports. Chris Mannix is The Vertical. Uh, Good podcast, man. The Vertical podcast. What's he about? Two, two episodes in now, right? Yeah. Brand new podcast. So Chris Mannix is saying that this, this, uh, there could, there could be some traction with this, with this particular rumor. Well, and you got the Southerners are interested in Al Horford and they are pushing to get him. Now, I will say this. He works now for Woj, and Woj mm. is never wrong. No. So if Mannix is working for Woj, Woj is probably like, hey. He's getting that from Woj. Here you go. Yeah. You got the Boston. Everyone's right. listening to you in Boston. Here you go. You know that's coming straight from him. But this is what I would say about Al Horford. This is, what, this, is, this is the number one question. 
even if you can guarantee to re-sign him in the offseason, which you'll be able to give him the most money if he's on your team. Right. Atlanta's going to want the Brooklyn pick. I, I, I swear. That's a deal breaker? That's what it's going to be. Okay. And for Al Horford, I'm not ready to give up the Brooklyn pick. Because Al Horford's a two. He's not a one. Right. He's not your superstar that's going to take you over the edge. So, so no Brooklyn pick. Unless, if I would give, I would give Atlanta carte blanche minus Thomas Crowder and the Brooklyn pick. Obviously, there's limits, but what about I'm, the 2018 Brooklyn pick? 2018, or fine. Does that no, not matter? I would give that to them because this is this is my thing about Brooklyn. Well, how, well, let me ask you this, Sean. Before you before you continue, how deep is this draft? I mean, the if, draft isn't. The, if that pick falls out of the top three or four, are you really giving up a, a whole lot? Well, I guess that's the thing, right? Is that you're going to look at it now and say there's a possibility we can get the number one overall pick. When the Celtics were tanking two years ago and they knew that they were going to have a pick that could be the number one overall pick, nobody, absolutely nobody was saying. We need to trade that pick, right? Right. Because there was a possibility of that, and the Celtics were so bad that was their plan to build through the yeah. draft. When when they now, drafted Marcus Smart number six, right, right, which happened. It, it but and like you know you were should have been slotted in at three or higher, but you didn't get it. You, the lottery is a lottery, but at the same time, right now you have that opportunity again. The Nets are as bad as the Celtics were that year, mm-hmm. so you have the opportunity to get there. I wouldn't. That Brooklyn pick stays in my pocket unless you trade it for Blake Griffin or DeMarcus Cousins until the NBA lottery. If you find out then it's the fifth pick, it's the fourth pick, then teams will still value that, not as much as if it's the number one pick or right now when it could be the number one pick. Right. But I'm not giving that pick up unless it's for a true number one, Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin, DeMarcus Cousins player. See, I'm torn right now. I'm torn because I think that one of the biggest things you have to take into consideration is that the whole, you know, the we, we've been choking about the last few podcasts about, you know, teams feeling like they, they, they're they getting hoodwinked by See, De- Danny A. So I feel like you almost have to make a deal. You have to put that deal on the table. And it's funny that you say that because I don't know if you— And it could turn out to it could turn out in your favor. What if Brooklyn's pick turns out to be number six? Would you say that's a good deal then? If that pick turned into the sixth pick, well, like you said— Marcus Smart ended up being the sixth pick. The Celtics were just as bad as as uh, Brooklyn was or Brooklyn is right now, and that that pick ended up being the sixth pick overall. If it's the sixth pick overall, that's not a huge. You're not giving away a huge uh, well, pick, a huge. Well, yeah, but I mean, I spot think, for them. I think that if you look at it, if you look at it a different way, I mean, if if Brooklyn had their own draft pick and they were trying to trade it. Don't you think teams would go after that draft pick? I think they would. I don't think it matters that Danny Ainge is doing this because he actually addressed this on the uh, Touch Red Rich uh, morning show when he does his spot every every mm-hmm. every week. Every week, he they asked him like, "Do you find it harder to make deals because you're Danny Ainge? Because you mm-hmm. got Kevin Garnett? Because you got Ray Allen? Mm-hmm. Because you got Isaiah Thomas last year?" But he said like he's he doesn't feel like that at all. I mean he and look. He did the Kevin Garnett stuff, and then last year we got Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. What? Okay, Kevin Garnett. Let's be real. That was a gift. Right. That was a gift. Right. Isaiah like Thomas. The stars wasn't have a to gift. align perfectly for that to happen. Isaiah That's... Thomas wasn't a gift. Yeah. Or Phoenix had three point guards. 
and they got back Brandon Knight, so then they would have had four point guards if they didn't trade Isaiah Thomas. So, now, I don't think that's going to stop him. I, I, I'm not worried about the Danny Ainge, hoodwink, whatever you want to call it. If he has that image around the league, he still has a ton of assets, and teams need assets, and they'd be stupid not to take some of the assets that he has, even if, you know, Celtics fans and, and maybe even Ainge overvalues those assets. They are still first-round draft picks and the opportunity for a bad team to get good. So, yeah, I, I think we're gonna we're in the best position we can be. And saying that, I also don't think that he should go out and make a trade giving some giving some first round draft picks away just because he feels like he needs to make a move. Mm-hmm. It's only for something that works for you. And I think because he has that mentality, people call it hoodwinking. People call it that, but he's not just gonna make a bad trade just to make a trade, right. which which is. Happens all the time. You see it all the time. Right. Well, what Danny, I think, is waiting for is that last couple of hours before the deadline where Atlanta is is at the point where they have to make a decision. Are we going to stick with Al Horford? If not, we have to trade him. And that's when Danny's phone might ring. That's when they'll say, okay, you know what? Give us the 2018 Brooklyn pick because Brooklyn's not getting any better. And we'll take, I don't know, we'll take take David Lee's contract. We'll take Kelly Olenek. We'll take, you know. Uh, to me, it's going to take a, maybe an Olenek, Jarebko, or Olenek. And yeah, I mean, one they, of your, well, someone from your front court, that, along is, with David Lee. This is the thing. He, they, they, and a draft if, pick. If Atlanta is going to make this move, they're going to want two young guys in a draft pick. And a draft pick. And I think that one, that pick that we can almost certainly say is on the table is the 2018 first round pick. Give him the 2018 first round pick. And you know what? I would give Olenek up. And if you have to, give Selinger up too. I mean, Selinger's in the last year of his deal. They're going to need to resign him. But basically, like, <laughs> basically, you're just looking at Sullinger as a cheaper Horford, right? Right. I mean, he's not going to command a max contract. You're going to have to try to re-sign him. Yeah, but you're going to get more production out of Horford. You're going to get more production out of Horford. Yeah. But how much more? I mean, Al Horford's a, a he. He's a border. He's been a borderline 2010 guy his entire career. Let's say 17 and 10. We'll say 17 and 10. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sullinger gets 15 and 8. I mean, it's like, mm. and he's younger. Sullinger Harris is about 10. Lately, he's been he's been scoring a lot more, but he's, he can average 15. He's a, he's a 10 10 guy. Put it that way. 10 9, 10 10 guy. I don't know. I think that Sullinger's younger. Sullinger's, you know, cheaper. And if the Hawks really want to blow it up, I don't get it. I don't get it. It doesn't make all. sense, right? Because it's not like, like they're, they're they in the eighth seed. They're only a game behind. Like, it. Why don't they just, like, if you want to trade Horford, fine, trade Horford, but. Trade Horford and then go use that, flip that pick you got for Horford and go get somebody else like to mm. add on to your team that's there for long term. I don't see why they're blowing up. It doesn't make an ounce of sense to me. But then again, Atlanta's Atlanta's. Atlanta's a screwy place, man. It, it, the sports in Atlanta don't make any sense to me, man. I don't get it. All right, last question before we get off the uh, Horford conversation. If the Celtics do get Horford, is that one guy that can attract other the, the number one you're talking about, the superstars. Is Al Horford enough? Is that enough? Him so, and Isaiah Thomas, will that attract uh, your top guy? Okay, this is the – and I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on a podcast before, but why don't superstars look at the East and say, get me over there at whatever cost? All you got to do is get through LeBron. Get through Cleveland. That's it. You don't have to worry about San Antonio. You don't have to worry about Oklahoma City. You don't have to worry about Golden State, yeah. Memphis. You can go down that list and you got Dallas. Go to the East. Get through LeBron. You you can join up with now Al Horford and Isaiah Thomas with Jay Crowder and everybody still on the team. Like, why why wouldn't that be an enticing situation? And you get to win for Boston, the most uh, 
the biggest franchise in 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 the NBA history. Most storied franchise. That's what I'm saying. It's like I don't get why it's not an attractive place to go, especially if they can add a Horford. Al Horford, and also, I mean, you have Isaiah Thomas, who's an all-star. Jay Crowder, if you can keep him intact, great. And then, you know what? Those three plus a big-name free agent, I don't know who. I'm not going to get into free agency. It's too early for that. Yeah. But someone should want to come to Boston to not only get out of the West, but to join up with a legitimate team, play for a legitimate coach and a legitimate franchise in a not-so-legitimate conference, if you sign Al Horford and another stud plus Isaiah Thomas and you got that core going for three years in the East, it's over, man. I mean, LeBron will – it'll be us versus Cleveland every year for the next few years. That's it. So I talked about Wednesday night being the most resilient game I've seen from the Celtics. You know, they were down going into the last minute of the uh, fourth quarter, down by six. Or excuse me, down by seven. Scored seven straight points to get themselves into overtime. Went into overtime. First play of the game. Clippers uh, shooting guard, J.J. Redick, gets the most impossible play you can get in the NBA. A four-point play. Foul shooting bitch. a three. Avery Bradley, you know, did did, did the uh, same type of thing that he did in, at Milwaukee where he fouled somebody. Don't even get me started right about that him. Milwaukee game. Don't even get me started <laughs> about that. I was hoping to have to bring it up. <laughs> then the Clippers pull ahead by six. And the Celtics come back again, down by six in overtime, and take the win against the Clippers, man. And that was one of the most impressive games I've seen out of this Celtics team. Now, with that being said, is it safe to say that? Is this the ceiling of this team? Is this as good as they're going to get? Or will this team get better and not only hold on to the third seed going into the playoffs, but potentially have home court advantage? Well, I don't see why not. I don't see why they can't keep this up. I mean, their schedule, they have a weird West Coast West Coast trip in in March or April, and it's, and it's strange. March. But they, March, they, which is very late. Usually that happens in, like, November. Mm-hmm. But they're going out west. Their schedule isn't that bad, though. We've been over the schedule. It's it's not that bad. And and who knows what's going to happen. I mean, it's tough to say what the ceiling is before until after the trade deadline. But even if this team is goes in currently as constituted, I'm I'm okay with it. I think that the Celtics can legitimately make waves in the East. I don't know what that means exactly, make waves, but I think a trip to the Eastern Conference Finals will probably be their ceiling as currently constituted, like the ceiling, because I don't think they can beat Cleveland in a seven-game series unless you see you know Kevin Love go down or Kyrie Irving go down or, God forbid, LeBron goes down and the NBA dies. Um the the Celtics just don't have that much firepower. I don't think they're getting swept like they did last year because they have a little more experience. They know that they've been there before. But, hey. That, anything I, can happen. Anything can That's what I mean, dude. You can get them to that spot. I'm not worried about Chicago. I'm not worried about Indiana. I'm not worried about uh, Charlotte. I'm not worried about, you know, any of those teams that are below the Celtics right now. I'm not really worried about Atlanta either. The only teams that I say could beat the Celtics right now in a seven-game series would be Toronto, would be Cleveland, and I think Miami would put up a fight because they got a lot of experience, and they got Whiteside if he could play a full seven-game series. But other than that, I think the Celtics can beat any team in the East in a seven-game series. Well, the schedule certainly gets better before it gets worse. They come back from the uh, All-Star break, um, heading on on the road. They're playing uh, at Utah. 
at Denver and at Minnesota. So those are three winnable games. Those are three right? definitely winnable games. They're so, on the road. But think about it. The Celtics have been money on the road this year. Yeah, they have been. They've, They've been, been a better road, road team road than at home. Year. Yes. But then they come back home and they host Milwaukee, they host Miami, and then Milwaukee. they host Utah. Why are they coming back? Why are they going to play Milwaukee again, man? Avery Bradley, Avery Bradley better sit out that game, man, or go for 70 in that game. <laughs> that was on, a man. win. He it must was, have had money a, on that game. It was just a, it was a, it was a big mistake. Don't make any excuses for him, dude. Hey, he was trying to. No, he wasn't trying, trying to, to steal. Make the he didn't want to be. He didn't want to be in a highlight reel. He didn't want to get scored on. Game winning shot, get scored on. Don't even, don't even try to defend his ass, dude. <laughs> I, I, I was tried all Avery. on the Avery Bradley bandwagon. I was, I was, feel, I was like, dude, this guy's underrated. Starts feeling it. He's like legitimately now, legitimately offensively, he's a weapon. He's a jump shooter. He has this mid range game, which and a three and a, and a three point shot now right. that he never had consistently before. And I'm all. And then the end of that game was just like the biggest brain fart, brain diarrhea I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. Like he's got the there's one the, there's you just got a gift from Milwaukee. Yeah, one second you got a gift from Milwaukee yeah. when they fouled Olenek, and you're like, word. Overtime. This is awesome. One second. One second. Literally one second. Well, they certainly made up for it. One second. They certainly made up for it against the Clippers, though. His back was to the basket. He made up for it. All right. He played a good game. He played a good game against the Clippers. His back was to the basket. (laughs) Middleton's back was to the basket, and he just fouls him. He's like, no, we got to lose this game. I got money on this shit. Like, no. Anyway, the Clippers game was a great game. Was that the last time we'll see Paul Pierce in Boston? (sighs) I had to get Why to. I gotta like bring that up right after I'm getting I, out hey, that. Hey, I, I waited for the I waited for the the uh, uh, the very end of this clip of if conversation. It is, if it is the last last time you see Paul Pierce in Boston, it's good because he had a bomb first quarter, and I was like in and out of sleep afterwards that first first quarter. Yeah. Out. So I mean, I saw him. I. You know, maybe he was doing the same thing me. I was. Maybe he went to the Cuddy show the night before, dude. Who knows? Well, well, in overtime, uh, he had a chance to tie the game with an open three that uh, Chris Paul gave to him, and he it rolled out. But I think almost half the crowd was holding their breath, Waiting, like they wanted it to. They like they almost wanted, wanted it to go, go in. in. I think if that shot goes in, the crowd would have uh, would have erupted. The crowd would have like been probably fifty fifty, like just golf clapped. <laughs> he would have got a. <laughs> A twenty thousand person golf clap. Well, Paul Pierce was uh, asked about it. He said that it probably is probably going to be his last uh, time there. But you never know with Paul Pierce, man. At the end of the season, depending on how the Clippers do in the playoffs, depending on how his body feels, man. He who said knows? that he said that, didn't he? He said, said it'll probably be his said, last game. He said, "Ah, you know what? This could be my last time, but you never know. You maybe, never know. If, yeah. Maybe if we, you know, we win a championship, I may come back. Like all that stuff. It's like, dude, it's, if they keep Blake Griffin, I think he's gonna come back. And and we talked about this off air, and I'm gonna bring it up on air because I want to see what everybody else thinks about this. What the heck was with that little thing that the when Pierce got announced? Oh, and they um and the, the team surrounded the team him. Act like they're beating him up. I didn't. It looked like they were stabbing him, dude. <laughs> and I thought that was messed up, dude. We talked about this before. The <laughs> it's messed up. Yeah, we talked about like, this before oh, the oh, show. Oh yeah, you were and I'm telling you, that's not what it was. You, like happened when you were here. No, like I, no, I feel no, like man. I feel like DeAndre Jordan like doesn't get like where the line is sometimes with his com with his like humor, and he probably thought that was a funny thing. Dude, half of that team were they were like. They're younger than they're younger than us. So half of those guys were dude, like don't eight when that happened. Don't say that, dude. Don't say that, dude. Man. Half of those guys were eight when that oh, happened. They geez. probably don't even know about that. Yeah, they Pierce. They probably think it's like a joke. Like, how'd you get all those scars on your back? Oh, I've stabbed like nine times. They're like, ha ha ha. Yeah, right. And then he pulls up the article. That, and yeah, tells him about it. Yeah, no. man. I don't know. I, I, thought, I, I saw. I know what you're talking about. I saw DeAndre Jordan, but I think it was more of like you know no, he couldn't Jordan get to like him. The knife. He couldn't get to him, so nah, he's trying man. to give him punches through the. I thought it was messed up. Messed up, dude. 
heck? Paul, come back to this. You're the only person I know who's brought that up, who's even crossed their mind. Yeah. That's the first thing I thought of when I was watching it. I go, what the heck are they doing to Paul? Why? That was like the worst moment in his life. Why are you making his last time in Boston relive the worst moment? Because that's not what they were doing. They were punches. Oh, yeah, let's just jump him instead. It's so much better. Because we don't have any knives. He was egging the crowd on to keep keep cheering. So then they. Obviously, it was pre planned, but I I I didn't think he expected. the whole team to get involved. Yeah, I didn't even think he expected people to pretend to stab him either. <laughs> Hell out of here, DeAndre Jordan. I never, I didn't hear though. one person th- say something like that until uh, right before we got into this. Uh, really? Podcast. That's yeah. the first thing I thought of. That never crossed my mind. Yeah, that's sick, Sean. That's, it's not that's sick. The shit it's you what happened? Of? That's sick. It's not okay. And now that I said that, if you are listening to this podcast, I gotta watch it I again. That, I guess I'll watch, watch it again. It, watch right. it, and you will be like. Oh man, they were, they, the, were they stabbing? Yeah, they, they literally I'll, I'll watch it again them. because that'll be that'll be the first time I'm watching it with that in my mind. I wasn't watching it with that in my mind. I just that's what it looked like. You're sick, man. I'm not sick. That, that's not, that's not even. By the way, another thing I want to bring up before we go into All Star Weekend was at work. Somebody had a great conversation with me, talking about Celtics basketball. You know, oh yeah, great, great, nice, awesome. What do you got, and, Sean? Uh, this is this is something a little seedy just dropped there. They just walked away, like you know, he's like. I didn't even fill up my whole cup of water, but I'm going to walk away from the water cooler right now. He goes, if the Celtics win 50 games this year, is Brad Stevens a lock for the coach of the year? If he wins 50 games, um, I mean, well, who's ahead of him? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I started to think about it, and I was like, well, there's a lot he of good coaches, a lot of good year. teams. Like, then yeah. I was thinking about it, though, and I was like, okay, the, Popovich is Popovich – is, it's it's happened. It's been there, done right. right? Right. If nobody else has been a great story like Budenholzer last year, yeah, Popovich is going to get it, right? But Steve Kerr was out the first 25 games of the year. So unless they give it to Walton and Kerr, you can't really win Coach of the Year. Uh, David Blatt, not going to win Coach of the Year. Tyron Lue. Tyron no. Lue, no, not going to win Coach of the Year. Um, you know, b- uh, what the heck's the Florida guy's name that coaches Oklahoma City? Uh, Davis, no, Davison, Brian Davison. No, no, wait, that's not even close, dude. No, it's it's something. Billy Davison. Donovan, Billy Donovan, Billy Donovan, Davison, Donovan, uh, Billy Donovan, Brian Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> no, Billy Donovan, Billy maybe, Donovan. maybe. But then when you look at <laughs> Donovan it, Donovan Davidson, when, it's close. You didn't even get the first. What did I say, name Billy? Right. I say Bob. Bobby Davidson. Bob. <laughs> no, Bobby, dude. You want coach? No. Uh, but if you if you look at it, like. Donovan. There are a lot of good teams, but what team is supposed to be there? What team isn't supposed to be there? The Celtics. And yeah. if they can get that 50-point plateau, they get the third seed locked up in the East, like maybe even the second – no, the, nah, probably the third team locked in the East. I think he should be coach of the year. I said, you know what? You all right. Yeah, that's a good you call. You all right. Well, it's a good call because you're talking about a roster that's – I mean, you got Isaiah Thomas at the trade down last year. So you pretty much brought the same roster back the, the following same year, roster. and then and you win eight more games. And, 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 <laughs> what else? If you go from when they got Thomas from last year to where they are now, they have like the fifth best record in the NBA. Right. So like, hello. Right. Throughout that span. Yes, right. like hello, like that's like, I don't know. He, I, I now I wholeheartedly agree. Unless Bobby Davidson just signs with like the Magic and takes him to the finals, dude, you never know. <laughs> See, you just did it too. Bobby Davidson, dog. No, you didn't mean to do that. You did. I did it. I said Bobby it. Davidson size of the magic. He's playing with Billy Donovan on the thunder. Billy I made, up, I made up a guy named Bobby Davidson for you to feel good, dude. 
It's a freaking stud coach out there, unsigned. Go I, find I, I know I'm not the first one that made that, that, that made that mistake. Well, I forgot his name, so I'll give it to you. All right, on to All Star Weekend. So we go into we're going into the uh, All Star break here, and as we look back at the first half of the season around the league, we have to talk about how good this uh, Golden State Warriors team is. Man, where's Joel when you need him? You know, Joel loves his Joel's Warriors. A diehard man. Warriors fan, and his favorite player on the Warriors has to be Steph Curry. Steph Curry. Can we just give I him thought the, his favorite the, player was Maurice Bates. Can we just give him the MVP already? Like, well, just give it to him. Uh, Who, who's ahead of him? I want to know because the numbers he's putting up are unheard of. The the team itself is DeMarcus number one Cousins. across the board pretty much. <laughs> no, dude. Steph Curry's going to win the MVP. Ooh, Russell Westbrook just slammed it down. Dude, Russell Westbrook's in there too, but he's not going to get it because he's got Kevin Durant, but. Yeah, Steph Curry's going to win the MVP. But then, no, we don't have to talk about this, man. Steph Curry's going to win the MVP unless he goes down with an injury. Okay, let me ask you this, though. Okay. Here's the big question that we've been asking, or the, everyone around the league's been asking since uh, they've, they've gone to this hot streak of the first couple of months of the season. <laughs> Will the Golden State Warriors mm-hmm. surpass this 96 Chicago Bulls and win over 72 games? What do you think? I am torn on this because... Because you don't want to see them do that? Because you're, is, you're a diehard Jordan fan? I'm a so diehard. You don't want that record to two be Two reasons. Two reasons. Okay. Two reasons. You'll agree with me on one of these reasons. But two reasons. Number one, I love Michael Jordan more than anything in the entire world. From 1990, well, from 1988 when I was born to um, 19, oh, 2002. Yeah. Uh, with the span of like four years in between there when he retired, whatever. Uh, Michael Jordan was number one to me. So I don't want him to lose a record. Number two which will appear to the Celtics fans, other than my assess- obsessive, you know, one-track f- mind on Michael Jordan, yeah. is imagine if they get 73 wins. Imagine if they get it by one. Mm-hmm. And there's that damn Celtics game that we should have friggin' won, man. That's going to eat at me, dude. Yeah. That's going to eat at me. Yeah. If we should have like won, if they get 73 wins, and then we look at that one game when we're in the garden. Double overtime. Double overtime. Yeah. They were undefeated. That's gonna eat at me. That's why I don't. I don't want them to get it. They may get it. I don't know. I, I tend to think that they won't get it because they have been too, too like. It, something's got to go wrong. Something's got to go. Like Here, even on prediction. that Bulls team, like some things went wrong, but Jordan was still Jordan. Like I don't know. Here's my prediction. They're gonna tie it. How about that? Okay, well, then if, they tie tie it, it, if they tie it, I'm still looking at it like that one game thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. But it's still an impressive feat. I mean, oh, don't through, get me wrong. through it's 52 an impressive games, feat. this has never been done before. 48-4. Right? and four. They got the best record. Not even the 96 Bulls did that. No, they got the best record. In the, I, I, I'm not going to lie. It's been impressive. It definitely has been. I mean, this team is just blowing guys out. There's, there's about 9 or 10, 11 games where the starting lineup didn't play in the fourth quarter because the team was just that much ahead. And they didn't have Harrison Barnes for, like, 15 games at the beginning of the year. Right. I mean, who's going to slow this team down? They 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 faced the Celtics, the number one defensive team in the Western Conference. <laughs> we go back out there. They blew soon. them out. We they, go back they out, blew there out They blew out the San Antonio Spurs. That huge yeah. matchup that well, everyone's that, Let's for. be real. Tim Duncan didn't play, and Popovich on, wanted dude. to lose that game. With or without Tim Duncan, Popovich though? Popovich wanted to lose that game. He likes to Why would he want to lose that game? Because he likes to ruin like, cool things, man. He's <laughs> just always like, everyone's like, oh, there's this gigantic party going on this night, and Popovich is the guy like, Hey, uh, you know, we're not supposed to be drinking. And if you guys drink, we're all underage. So, you know, I'm going to call the cops on you. That's what Popovich was back when he was younger. Dude. But I, I think swear he, to God. I, I don't think he likes to lose. I, I'm going to say it's safe to say no, that. No, Popovich likes to lose in the regular season when it can make a statement. And then he can go back to his team and say, look how much we need to work to get 
to where Golden State is. That's why he wanted to lose that game. I don't take that game as a grain of anything. I take the game against the Thunder the other night as a little bit more than the Spurs game. When the, when the, when the, the Warriors beat the Thunder and they beat them, and, and that was a good close game, mm-hmm. that really shows me how much better, quote-unquote, the Warriors are than everybody else. They're much, much better than most teams. But then that separation, you start to see that. Like even with San Antonio, they were able to keep up, almost keep pace with them at the beginning of the year. Now mm. they've fallen off. Uh, Oklahoma City has cra- crawled back with their now that they're healthy. Durant and 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 Westbrook have been playing well. I think that you're gonna see this this playoff season. I, I'm not gonna say it right now because it's too early to call. But I I wouldn't be absolutely shocked. Like I wouldn't be shocked. Like thrown off my chair, I'd be surprised, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Warriors didn't make the finals. I would be. Dude, this Thunder team. I mean, this, this Thunder team I, to me. I, I, oh, those are the two teams that everyone's going to say, like, yeah, they can they can knock them off. But that's all. But I, don't, I think I don't think the Spurs. I have think a, Golden State is is better than them. That they, I don't think the Spurs have a chance. I don't think the Spurs have a chance to beat the Warriors because they don't really have anyone to slow down Steph Curry. But they don't have anyone. To, the, just the team itself. I I just think that. I right, think but think about we'll it. It's just way ahead of them. I'll, I'll give you the Thunder though. The Thunder, the Thunder have a chance. They that's have, what I mean. They, they have a. The Thunder I don't know. You chance. can't sleep on the Thunder, which is the, one of the big reasons why they uh, they feel like they've been slept on all season. They have I mean, been you, slept you look on. At the, you look at the record here. They're thirty nine and fourteen. They're, uh, they're going for their fortieth win tonight before the All Star break, dude. San Antonio is uh, forty five and eight, and yeah, that's true. Um, Oklahoma City is, is is playing, so we got to see how that game ends up because. Uh, we are recording this the night before, but yeah, I mean, Golden State is. Well, thanks for ruining it, Sway. Essentially, three and a half games. Well, you ruined it because you said that <laughs> that they're playing right now. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't think it's it's a lock, but I would be surprised if they're not in the NBA Finals. Put it that way, right? Is it safe to say that? I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm saying it would be a surprise, but as it's constituted right now, they seem like they're putting a lot of effort into this regular season, and it may be something that. If they don't make it to the finals, they don't make it to the finals. I don't know. I, I wouldn't be, like, floored if Oklahoma City beats them in the Western Conference Finals. All right, Duchess, that time of year, man. Mm. All-Star Weekend kicking off. Okay. I'm so excited. At the 6. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. The you 6 mean, with my woes. I just, Drake's going to be there. Okay. Watch, watching the uh, NBA Celtics on TV. Gonna be there. Watching the NBA on TV uh, and TNT tonight, uh, Drake has been shown like 15 times, and they're not even in All Star Weekend yet. I'm, I, he's coaching. The, he's coaching the uh, the Canada team and the rising. I'm so uh, sick of I'm so rising sick of Star Drake Challenge. Already. I'm sick of Drake already. This All Star Weekend hasn't even started yet. So I'm are you Drake. are you uh, going to root for Kevin Hart's team? Kevin Hart's going to coach the U.S. team. Two worst people on the planet. I don't know. I'll go Kevin Hart. <laughs> you go Kevin Hart with Drake? Yeah, man. I mean, I don't know. Kevin Hart's annoying Marcus as Smart hell. is going to be uh, on that team, of course, uh, representing like the uh, and I used to U.S. Like Drake. team. I don't like him anymore, man. I, I still like both of them. I like Drake's rap. I don't like him as a person. You don't um, like him as a person, so you know Drake. How is he? How is he as a person? Is he just a douchebag? He's a chill dude, man. But sometimes he just, just camera gets on him. He starts, you know, acting all, you know, acting all Drakeish. Acting all, acting all Drakeish, man. Those stupid <laughs> cardigan sweaters and shit. <laughs> Like why you don't, don't like you swag? Why don't yeah? Why don't you just wear a regular shirt? Like it's not you're inside. Uh, like you can wear a t-shirt if you're at the game. It's because it's it's freezing over there, man. Why are you wearing a Why are you wearing a if sweater like you're outside in like 
herding sheep in like Nova Scotia. Dude. If it's twenty five degrees, he lives in here, Toronto. If, if it's twenty five degrees here, imagine how cold it is he's, up there. He's in Toronto. Toronto's cold. Yes, outside it's cold. You wear a winter jacket, and you can take a jacket off and be comfortable. You don't need to wear like a Sherpa gear inside, right on courtside. Like I, I don't know. You're just throwing mad shade right now at Drake. And this is the same guy, by the way. I like Drake. I'm talking to Sean. Right. I was, yeah, you know what I'm about to say, dude. This guy was going crazy over the Drake and Future album. He's the one that put me onto it. I'm not saying I don't like his music, man. I just don't like him. Like, if I throw some tracks on right now, like, dude, you'll start going nuts. I just don't right like now. him as like a, a thing. Like, and, and the fact that like the NBA loves having him like there and like Toronto's all about like uh, having him like, you know, be the face of their franchise. He helped design the Toronto Raptors jerseys like he's just Drake he's not like I don't know oh he's too Hollywood for you now he's yeah, too big he's for you. too big man go back to like I don't know all right I would love to continue this Drake conversation but let's get on to uh, all-star Saturday oh, yeah, this is what I'm most excited about right there. here the three-point competition all right you got Steph Curry Clay Thompson both the Splash Brothers are going to be in there Splash Brothers JJ Redick Chris Middleton that was a Drake James right Harden there. Chris Bosh <laughs> Kyle Lowry and Devin Booker. Shout out to our boy uh, Tim, who's a Dude big Suns is. fan. Rocking that Booker jersey. <laughs> Only person in the world who's got a Devin yeah, Booker Yeah, he actually jersey. has a Booker jersey, right? Authentic Booker jersey. Who you got? Who's winning that? Um, Steph Curry. Steph Curry? Yeah, what? Here, well, here's my prediction. Give me, give me the rundown again. He's going to get close to 30. He's going to get 29. I think he might do, He might do a perfect he, rack. He might be the bird. He might do the bird. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, uh, J.J. Redick, Chris Middleton, James Harden, Chris Bosh, Kyle Lowry and Devin Booker. Now, if Chris Middleton is there and he lets Avery Bradley stand next to him and foul him every time, then he can just hit free throws and win the competition. And win it that way. Right. But, um, yeah, it's going to be Steph Curry. Maybe, maybe, maybe J.J. Redick has a chance. That's it, though. Dunk contest. I got Zach Levine over Will Barton. Aaron uh, Gordon and Andre Drummond. That one surprised me. I'm a big skinny leg Will guy, dude. Yeah, yeah, he can fly. I like, I like. Uh, He's got some ups. I like his I uh, think, his ups. I, I but think, Andre Drummond though is he really a finesse dunker? I'm surprised that he was no, in this competition. But you know, you know, sometimes you get that power dunker in there, just like really make some noise. Aaron Gordon, though, you know what? You know what? Screw skinny leg, skinny leg Will. I want to go with Aaron Gordon, man. Aaron Gordon. He's a flyer. He's a high flyer. He's a high flyer. I don't really care though. I could care. I could give two two craps. But I mean, you're excited about it. So I tend to be excited about it too. Skills challenge. You know who's in it? Isaiah. Um, cool man. He's digging it. Sure, I don't care. Patrick Beverly is, is uh. Wait, give me the rundown. He can't, he can't oh. make it because uh, he's he's injured. So he he's, he won it last year. So now yeah, the uh, he's he's like a guy that has to try in these things, or he's never going to be mentioned in an All Star weekend ever. Like it always goes to the guy who has to try because John Wall should win this every single year. But he doesn't because he lollygags through it. Because Holy who guys. gives one crap about it? <laughs> great word. All right, uh, Patrick Beverly, uh, C.J. McCollum was having a great season for the uh, Blazers. Isaiah Thomas, uh, Jordan Clarkson, and then they added some bigs this year for the first time. What? Marcus Cousins, Carl Anthony Towns, <laughs> Anthony Davis, oh, and Draymond Green. This is getting ridiculous. Okay, I'm going with Cousins. Boogie. Do you think they're going to keep this the exact same? Uh, I don't care. Boogie Cousins this- is going to win. <laughs> You think so? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't how's he going to do on that bounce pass? He's going to do the same obstacle course? I don't know if that's going no. to work. What this got to be some. Do, what he's going to do is just going to knock over every obstacle and just take the one second penalty, but just like <laughs> just like plow through everything, dude. That's what he's going to do. Just go coast to coast and dunk it at the end. 
<laughs> like the and break the rim, dude. That's what he's gonna do. He's gonna break everything, and then the competition's gonna be over, and he's gonna be like, "I win," and no one's gonna tell him he didn't win. No one's gonna tell him that. All right, with that, we wrap up our All Star Weekend podcast. Causeway Street blog. Of course, you know where to find us. Where do you find us, Way? You gotta find us on Twitter first at Causeway Street, at and then Causeway you gotta Street. find us on Facebook, Causeway Street. Guess what our Instagram is called? Causeway Street. That's right. And, of course, what you're already listening to, SoundCloud. I got to do it because Joel is just, it's just what he usually does. Joel couldn't make it tonight, but a big shout-out to him. We'll have him back on next week. Big shout-out to Joel. Joel, we made it the entire episode without calling you out for missing the show. I know. The entire episode. I thought you, you were going to uh, start no, off I, with that. Um, see, you know what? You took the high road. Anytime I miss a show. Right. I'm, uh, I'm getting eaten up alive. <laughs> so now you took the high road. I took the high road. Sliding at the end. And, guys, if you like listening to our podcast, tell your friends. Get it out there, because you know what? I enjoy listening to this, and I like listening to myself speak. So you better like listening to us speak, too. So tell your friends, share this, and make sure that everybody in the and everybody out there listens to Causeway Street Podcast, if you're a Celtics fan. Tell them, Sean. And, okay. Tell them, Sean. And you know what? I'm going to tell you one other thing. Drake, you listening to this? I like your music, but change your style, man. And with that, we'll uh, see and I better not see you a hundred times in the. I was gonna game. say I. I'll, I'll... <laughs> I better not see you. If I see you more than five times, I'm out. I'm turning. I was just gonna off. say with you that. TNT. With that, you're gonna see him in Toronto all weekend. <laughs> just because doing of that, that stupid dance move in his big sweater, like a little. Uh, to the hotline bling. See, you love it, Sean. Look at you. <laughs> Sean's lighting up right now because he got the Drake playing in his head. You love Drake, man. Don't jump, man. Jump, don't man, deny jump, man, jump, man. Jump, man. Jump, man. Jump, man. Woo! <laughs> all right. Cosway Street, we out.